I can't come here and die I can't come here and lose Got all this shit on my mind Like what the fuck I'm a day Work ain't paid me in time My baby just ripped me my mood Back to you just cut off my line Hi guys And welcome to the Echo Chamber I'm Jade And I'm Ez And it's been a while Yeah we're back To be honest I think we've missed one week And I'm saying we're back because we just haven't recorded in such a long time is the truth we did like a catalog of episodes maybe like four pre-recorded because yeah the month of October was set to be pretty hectic feels like we're back we're going to talk about the Keisha the Sket stuff but first the opening question is um how has the last month been (laughs) it has been a really wild month wild is the word I'm going to use to describe it it's just been like So much has been happening on lots of different planes. For me, work has been a bit manic, both positively and negatively. So like work has been, it's really good as a freelancer to have had as much work as I have. Um, And I feel really, really grateful for that on the one hand. And I've done some like really meaningful and beautiful work in the past month. But also the flip side of that is it's just been like, my diary's been a bit all over the place energy wise it's been extremely draining I am um, yeah just I'm just like coming to a place where my feet feel like they're on the ground a little bit and even then like not really if I'm being honest but I'm just I'm in this whirlwind of like work life things are going in Um, yeah I think last month was particularly beautiful for me kind of observing and um, being kind of a witness to the process of your book release everything that that was and yeah we'll get into that more in the episode but yeah that was like um, it was it was like deeply emotional for me and aside from that also one of our good friends Lexa Moore also had her headline show um, which again was like deeply emotional and I just felt really like blessed to be a witness to like yeah use lots of gifts coming to the light and being celebrated publicly and actually think I underestimated how much of my energy that would take um in a good way but yeah but yeah definitely like had felt really drained feel a lot of fatigue from the kind of the hangover of both processes um and what what I was around what I was privy to so yeah I'm here like I'm getting to the end. I love December January like reflection like setting new goals I really really love that's my favorite time of the year um so I am kind of in a place where I'm like looking to wind down and and grateful to be able to wind down a little bit um and just trying to get to the end of this month um so that yeah that wind down process can start but yeah that's my month how about you yeah I really hear it the last month has been um yeah it's been a whirlwind it's actually just been a whirlwind it's probably the best word to use to describe it I always feel like I'll get into the nitty-gritty in the episode today but of course had like the release of the book lots of celebrating and lots of conversations about the book Um, met quite a few different people done a couple of events and yeah it's been it's been a real whirlwind I took time off of work for all of those things and definitely feel like I'm beginning to have conversations with myself about how like what does next year look like and what does your career look like Jade what do you want 
um, and how are you going to manage the things that you do want it's been an amazing month um it's yeah it's felt amazing in many ways it's also felt a bit scary and and anxiety inducing in other ways what felt like the last thing on the publicity campaign which was the South Bank Centre on the 29th of October um after that felt I felt a come down um, maybe I would describe it um felt a bit of a come down and I just felt I don't know why I just felt like really ashamed for a while there's definitely still remnants of it and I honestly think that primarily it's because of the fact that like I've shown so much of myself to like like the world basically yeah like my work is out in the world my some of my opinions some of my um, personality some of my quote-unquote story all of those things and it was just that 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 prickly feeling after the fact like oh my god like I've people know this I've talked about this my work is out in the world like yeah there's like no going back so I think I was just like swept up with that feeling at the very end of October yeah it has been it's been a overall phenomenal month a month I'll never forget for the rest of my life yeah because we've never actually spoken about it on this platform apart from the Q&A that we did like the second episode or whatever but we've never actually spoken about it on this platform so do you want to give some context for this your book your new book that has been released yeah yeah it's true it's actually true I think that there's definitely an assumption that like oh people just know you're right so yeah my book my book Keisha the Skep was published on October the 14th of this year um, and some of the background story to that, it's, it's got a very significant background story. So I started writing this story when I was 13 years old and I would release chapters on a site called Pixo. And I was 13 years old and this was at the very beginning of like social networking. And um, it was nothing like it is today. Like, yeah, nothing like it is today. I am, I'm going on 30. I'm going to be 30 in January. So that was coming up 17 years ago when I started writing the story. Yeah, I would release it chapter by chapter um, every few weeks. And the story went on to um, go what we would describe as viral today. So lots of young people were really, yeah, enthralled by this story. And it very much sets like a lot of people growing up um, in that time around my age will reference the story, Keisha the Skit, um, as part of their growing up. So anyway, um, I very much hid away from the story after the fact. There are a lot of different themes, one being sex, that made me feel really, really ashamed and wanting to disconnect and distance myself from my authorship in my personal life particularly so just didn't really embrace or claim my authorship of the story wasn't a social media user really then in 2019 I began to re-engage with the story in different in various different formats Um, and it culminated at the very end of 2019 in me having a meeting with Murky Books um, signing a deal in 2020 with Murky Books and then of course the publication of the book um, in October of 2021. So that is the background to that journey 
I put the original, the original story that I wrote back in the day, did go through a little process of standardization where just the slang words were made a bit more uniform. Um, so there was that. I also did a rewritten version of the story. Um, so very much like more of my lens and some of my like maybe writing skills being applied. And then I I wrote an essay kind of talking about my journey to re-embracing the story. And um, some writers have also written essays inside of the book as well, talking about different themes um, and, and the story's cultural impact as well. That is it very briefly in a nutshell. Yeah, that is a very modest expression of what the book is, in my opinion. So Keisha Skirt from my stance, I read Keisha Skirt in school. This is before Jade and I knew each other, like years before Jade and I knew each other. Um, and it was like, what's my what's my engage, early engagement with Keisha Skirt? It was just like, it was the first thing I read that spoke about us. Um, and us being like black Brits, black Londoners, I'll go, I will say, someone might be angry at that. But yeah, that's what it felt like you were telling the story of London. It was set in Hackney um, and I, like, like, so in space, like, yeah, just very like familiar, um, like localised story of a young woman that was exploring her um, sexuality or sexual expression. It was like, yeah, it was like, for me growing up it was my it was first time I saw like something that that resembled maybe not me but like people people around me I saw I saw my community um I, I, I was reading the story it was written in slang it was written um very much like about themes that like, go into sh- the ships on the weekend and just themes and things that were happening current like live in my life at the time um and it was sick like it was sick, like undoubtedly sick. Um, and then yeah, so yeah, Jade's obviously gone, hit um, and we'll talk a little bit about that in the episode, I'm sure. Um, but then over the years, it's like become, it's become very much like when you think of Black British culture, it's very much a theme. Like who wrote Keisha the Skate? It just comes up. It's just always come up. Um, and yeah, again, before Jade and I became friends. I was in Paris with um, our friend Lex and some of her friends. And um, we actually went back to the story. Um, we found like a chapter or whatever. And that one of the main characters, who I'm, I'm not going to do a spoiler, but Ricardo, one of the main characters, we were reading. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is 2018 or 2017, I can't remember. But I was like, oh my gosh, Ricardo, like. And yeah, it was very much the story. It's a story that just took, like, reading it that day in Paris it took me back very like it literally that like, teleported me back to a period in my life um I remember that the importance of those characters to me to a teenage me um and yeah sick you're sick for doing this you're sick for bringing it back out um it's, I'm very excited on so many different planes about yeah this book being in the world um but yeah what is, what has your journey been like so like yeah you said 2019 had the meeting early 2020, signed a with Murky. Um, now 2021, we're here, book's out, it's in the world. Um, what has, now that it's out, what has that process been like for you? Thank you, first of all. But it has been really hard. Um, if I have to encapsulate it in one word, man, it's been really tough. 
on many different levels. So there is like just simply dealing with like contracts and corporate stuff and trying to like be true to yourself and have control, have an element of control. And of course that's important when you're dealing with something that is not only very close to your heart um, and it was close to my heart not in a like in a maybe a positive way in the way that like oh your your younger sister is close to your heart or your best friend from primary school like is someone that stays close to your heart it was close to my heart in that my teenage self wrote it and I didn't want her to be erased also the culture have in a variety of different ways championed Keisha the Skit. So I felt a responsibility. Um, and in that way, I guess maybe the culture is close to my heart. But it was challenging making sure that I was making the correct decisions, um, aligning with the right people um, to keep as much control as possible so that it didn't get diluted or lost, just not be a product at the end of the day that I was going to be proud of. Um, it was also tough because as much as I had felt like starting therapy in 2018, I had done a lot of work on like shame and like the lack, like a lack of self-acceptance and a lack of self-love and all of the things. There was like new layers. <laughs> there was new layers that I was being confronted with, um, not only in the process of writing the book. So there was little simple things like, oh, there are people like the CEO of of Penguin they're gonna read it um which is something that can make you feel like oh my gosh like this this middle class or upper class white person is gonna be reading this thing and it and that's real you know but then there was also things like the people that I was engaging with who felt closer to me socially culturally even gender wise there was a lot of women so they felt much closer to me um, but they were reading it. They were going to be reading the raw, unedited, unfiltered. And it was just like, yeah, do like, what do these people think? I definitely caught myself thinking that and feeling a bit, yeah, just feeling a bit ashamed, feeling a bit unsure of myself, you know, and the choices that I was making or the choice that I was making, the decision that I was stepping into. Just little things, man, even little things like, of course, you, you sign a deal, and there are there are real contractual things that you bind yourself up in um, that are related to like sales and stuff like that. And you just, of course, like you have the you wonder and you have the questions like, is this thing gonna sell? I had all of it, and I think some of it is really normal. Some of it is like it doesn't matter what I was writing, what the product was. And then on the other side, there is like things that are really specific to me, and I think that one of those things is definitely the shame and the fear of like yeah shame and fear and I can't say that I'm at the end of that road at all and at the end of the whole like publicity campaign it definitely crept up on me the whole shame stuff but yeah shame has been a really really central and interesting element to this and the fear of just not being accepted as well I find it so every time I hear you say like or question whether or not it was it's gonna sell 
is so what's the word it just shows that my lens is just very 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 different to yours um mm. in relation to the project because for me that if there are like things to worry about on this specific project that is the one thing that I'm like nah that of course Keisha the scare but obviously as a consumer that as a long-term consumer of of the work do you know what I mean so as someone that engaged with it and didn't know you as a teenager um and then what that meant to me and what that meant to my peers socially and then what that has meant to the culture that I kind of have seen and engaged with again outside of that like, knowing you and then becoming your friend and it's interesting because like becoming your friend and again having been here throughout the whole process of it being revived and seeing the work the behind the scenes work that's gone on um yeah the one thing in my mind that I'm like yeah of course this book's going to do numbers like this book's going to sell um in as much as that I can I can appreciate and I think it's really humbling actually in being being where I am in my journey and of writing my own book it is interesting and humbling to hear you say that but also I think the shame element so the shame element I think has been a theme throughout the press run so it's been something that in terms of like the different places that you have spoken of heard you speak or write or be interviewed I think that the main uh, one of the main questions is that why did you why are you either why are you anonymous um, as an author or why did you steer away from kind of claiming claiming your work for so long and yeah like has that changed so now that it's out in the world what has that been like because again I feel like you've spoken in multiple different places about your why like why you didn't want to um, engage with this in your adult life but since you've decided to do it and it's out in the world can you would you say that's changed your feelings towards that has it changed um what's that journey been like it's interesting because I still have I still feel like as I said there's still a there is still an element of shame there's still an element of shame um and I guess it's just not as big or all-encompassing as it was once upon a time and so my actions are different I think I've also intentionally accessed people, places, spaces that are affirmative as well, admittedly. I also think with age, like I'm just deep in, oh, with age, you care less and less, like a little bit less. You just care a little bit less as you get older as well. Um, And of course, like doing this project, I think a lot about my teenage self. Um, Yeah, I think so much about her. And I think so much, and I'm reminded so much of how, like, she cared so deeply. She was so afraid of not being accepted. And, yeah, not being accepted, I think, is the crux of it. Not being liked, not being accepted. And I definitely think that those feelings definitely followed me. And I guess as what is in or what's cool or what's considered like the the best way to be as that changed I changed with that too so part of hiding away from Keisha the Skirt was because as I spoke as I speak about in my essay in the book part of hiding away from Keisha the Skirt was partly because I was trying to attain like this ideal femininity basically or yeah this this ideal like type of girl or young lady 
and that is also at the heart of that is a wanting to be accepted and a wanting to be liked and not wanting to feel like I'm standing alone and and having to hold like only having me only having myself to hold me up you know Um, and all of those feelings are still present they are still present but I have some tools um, that I've cultivated over the years and maybe as I said age and maturity mean that I have made a different choice and the manifestation of that is doing this with this book you know producing this book I think that the thing that I was most challenged by during the whole publication and press run process was um my dad so I invited my dad to the launch party and I I toyed with it I toyed with the idea of like inviting him and I decided to go ahead and invite him so he came and whatever I think we had had a conversation previously like back in maybe May or June about the book and he had said that he had like visited Waterstones and they were like talking to him about it and saying yes like one of the biggest books of the year and blah 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 so anyway but that was the extent of our conversation now I've invited him to this launch party um, and he's come and everything and there was a bookseller and he even bought a few copies of the book for other people he got me to sign it he bought one for himself as well and got me to like write a message for him and all of that um but anyway the weekend after the launch party I was speaking to my mum and we were talking about the book and I said something about my dad and then she was like oh no he's not gonna read it and I was like hmm like what and she was like yeah no he said that he wasn't gonna read it because he um doesn't like the name of the book and he doesn't want to taint his perception of you um and I don't know that last part about not wanting to taint his perception of me I don't know if that is my mum's um interpretation or if those were his words but his words definitely were that he doesn't like the name of the book and that he's not going to read it so anyway um I remember just sitting at home on the sofa um that day and feeling the waves of like I was incensed <laughs> um I was definitely incensed so I think the like the the brazen jade was like are you fucking mad like yeah are you like what how can you not read the book like why are your gender politics so like crap that you'd be put off by the name of a book and then the the softer sides of me maybe the child in me felt waves of like sadness and fear and that same wanting to be accepted like just wanting acceptance wanting to feel like um I'm enough for my dad to like me (laughs) and love me and the book on that day felt like the justification for my dad not showing up as a dad for me um which has been something that I've grappled with my whole life because I've not had a relationship with my dad my dad hasn't yeah been been in my life um I think it's just so similar to the shame stuff and similar to the lack of acceptance and just similar to the feelings that I 
African referenced feeling throughout so many years of my life um, and all of that just like really descending but it's interesting in in the way that I'm able to sit with it like I literally sat on my couch that day I, I didn't really do anything much um, and I sat in the feelings I sat with them I felt them I cried I really wanted to be held um, even just physically by someone um, but I sat I sat with it I sat with it and I guess at other points in my life I couldn't sit with it um, I had to do something to offset the shame and the the fear of not being accepted so I hid away from my authorship or I you know back when I was so much younger <laughs> I wore the 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 silly top or the did the hair like that or just did stuff in it did stuff to not feel the fear not not to not feel that prickliness to not feel that shame yeah yeah the the shame the shame conversation I find mad interesting in relation to this book some of the themes in the book so even like I think you've picked up on it and identified it already, but like it being very cyclical. So it being that, ah, oh, this, this thing that your dad has said or that you've heard from your mum, this thing triggering like things beneath the thing, do you know what I mean? So you said this thing and then that, the way in which that links into one, your feelings about your relationship with him or him or his perception of you, but then also your feelings around the book and the vulnerability in being like out there it being out into the world um all, and that yeah I just think it's 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 interesting that it's cyclical earlier when you were speaking or when I was speaking actually I was gonna say something along the lines of um something along the lines of that yeah like when I, th- I think I referred to it as oh um seeing myself in the story and I've and I've, I made a point of saying maybe not myself and I caught myself saying that because I was like, I don't, I, I always say, yeah, and it's, this is, take it as you wish, but it's just the truth in it. My, I had a boyfriend throughout my time in school and having that boyfriend, he was not necessarily a good, a good person for me or whatever, but having that boyfriend throughout my time in school is the reason that I, I give for maybe being, um, for maybe starting to explore sex and um, sexual expression a lot later on. And even that, then, it wasn't, quote-unquote, a lot later on. But I just wasn't out here in school in it. During school years, I just wasn't having... I wasn't sleeping with multiple people. And that just wasn't, yeah, my thing. But I did have friends that were out here doing that. And I remember... It's interesting that even, like, at this stage of my life, um, and being someone who definitely considers myself to be sexually liberal and free and fluid and all of these different things and um, and actually celebrate sex and celebrate sexual expression and yada 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 and my politics has changed from when I was in school that drastically changed there is still something in me that feels the need to distance myself from the idea that I was having a lot of sex as a teenager there is still something in me and I didn't write the book do you know what I mean and I'm mm. not even that it's not so I I find I find that really interesting because um it's very telling of like what it means to be a black woman in London of a certain age and what it meant to be 13 14 15 16 and and again like 
the way that that gender, the function of gender. So beyond that, oh, yeah, like, I can, so as a woman, I think I'm able to claim, I'm able to kind of um, own my sexuality and sexual expression and yada, yada, yada. And I think that I'm able to, again, put that inside a, um, there's a framework for me. For somebody like me, there's a framework that I, I as deem acceptable, yeah? Mm. But still, there is something about, in my mind, being a 13-year-old girl, sleeping with multiple guys, that somewhere in my body, in my mind, that isn't acceptable. Um, mm. And that there is some explaining that needs to happen there. And again, I don't know if that's right or wrong or whatever it is, but it's there. It's there. And I think the shame element isn't, I didn't make it up myself. So I think there's, it's definitely something that like, I grew up with. It's also something that I think culturally, um, yeah, it's like it's mad. It's mad if there's a young young girl, particularly in this context, young black girl out here, um, sleeping with multiple guys. Um, that means something. That really means something. Um, so yeah, I hear you on the on the shame element. I also have been privy to seeing some of the triggers. So yeah, you spoke about your dad, but I think there's also been like people's insensitivity around mm. like that that truth and that that the reality that this is and and I say that with grace man I say that because I think I'm describing it as insensitive because of my position as your friend mm-hmm. but um, I also think that people are is going to be engaged within it people are going to say and think what they say and think um and engage with that it's out there for people to engage with critique or whatever and take on but yeah I think that there's been like from my position as your friend, I think I've seen that like, different points where that trigger has that trigger button has been pressed to different different degrees. So at some points, kind of things have been more triggering. That like, what the example you gave being more one of the kind of more triggering moments, and and other things maybe less so. But yeah, I think that all of that is rooted in like some of the cultural understandings of what of black girlhood. Um, and we've done an episode on that as already we've spoken about that but I think expectations of this character this fictional character you know <laughs> this fictional character that means something in that in our culture that it means something that there was there's a young there's a teenage uh, young adult that's sleeping with multiple um, men and boys and that means something and that I think when I think about the book I haven't been able to read the book for different reasons but I haven't been able to read it yet one of the main reasons being is that that teleport back into a period of my life that I'm just not ready to confront and I'm just not and I think that the layers of that is layered in it so the, the essays I've engaged with um but I haven't been able to reread the story um from yeah from the beginning to the end but um but yeah but even the just the themes and when I think about the themes and the conversations that have come off the back of um I think that that when I think about my engagement with the with the project I think that that's been like super powerful for me super 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 powerful um I do a podcast with you and I've said it too many times but your your talk at the launch um the Q&A at the launch that was um held by Jandela and Namara and then your talk at South Bank, um, where you had the other um, essayists, um, and it was um, convened by Candice Braithwaite. Those 
those two talks, yeah, I've never seen you speak like that. Um, and by that, that I mean, you didn't say anything I hadn't heard or that was new to me, but in terms of the, like, the clarity, the confidence, the authenticity, like, just the way in which you just held both of those stages, like, was very mind-blowing for me. And not because you were saying anything that I didn't think you were capable of saying, um, but because I've just really kind of felt and saw you standing in standing in your power, um, standing in your power as the author of this groundbreaking piece of work. Um, and that was beautiful to watch, despite, yeah, some of the like, some of the feelings that you've described having around the events, like on the days that I've seen, those two days that I saw you speak, like my mind was very, very genuinely blown away. But yeah, just the clarity. And like, I think I started to really take in, raw. this means, like, this means something way bigger than Jade um, or than the story that like this, yeah, this really is speaking for a generation. This really is speaking for um, the culture and for people that um, wouldn't, wouldn't be platformed in these spaces if Jade didn't write this book. So I felt extremely grateful and extremely proud and extremely like, what's the word I'm looking for I want to say inspired but it feels like a lazy word it's not it's not just inspired it's more like awakened yeah awakened it's just a word um but by yeah by the gravity of what this project means for that not so taking it out of the person or taking it out of ah my mate's written this great book or my mate's sick or whatever um but like seeing it on a on a platform that knows there are people that are really engaging with this that really need this I think the world really needs this um and I felt really really grateful to to be able to witness that yeah no I really hear you yeah I even forgot about the um the the couple (laughs) breakdowns maybe um as the book went out and there was you know negative critique or like mistruths and if that's the word um but yeah like there was definitely a few times where it was another it was a different negative feeling so yes triggered the shame triggered the doubt probably more than shame it triggered self-doubt um, and probably did also trigger fear of not being accepted. Um, and I think that myself and you have like had these conversations in the past about art and and people's dealing with like, or people's license to be able to critique. Like people are allowed to critique. People are allowed to not like your contributions to the world. Um, and I was, I have been confronted with the, with the fact that I have not really been in the whole net stratosphere. So I'm not plugged in. I don't get the balance. I get the positive. So when people are feeding back to me um, or have been feeding back to me over the years, like what people have had to say about Keisha the Scare or whatever, it has been overwhelmingly positive. So it's like now producing this project and putting it out into the world there is more balance that's brought to that overwhelming positivity. There are some people that don't like it. There are some people that will not like it. And for whatever reasons. um, And I think there have been a couple of times where 
I've just been, yeah, I've been triggered. Um, and I've had to really sit with myself and think about why I'm triggered. Um, just allow people to be who they are, have the opinions that they might hold, engage with me and what I've written in the way that they, in the way that they want to, you know? But also, um, can I just say, yeah, sorry to cut you, but some people, their comprehension is low, though. Their yeah, comprehension no. is low. Uh, <laughs> but they're allowed to, and that's the what, thing, they're allowed to have low comprehension. No, they are, they are. But I want to just name that. For some people, it's that like they're engaging with the work and, yeah, they might not like it or it might not be their thing or it might not, like, they might not understand the hype. I get that that's fair and that's within reason. And then there are others. That is not the case. The compre- Your comprehension is low that your comprehension is low. There are a few things that I've seen that it's like, oh, you, your comprehension is just low. You're actually, either you're unintelligent or you just can't, you're not understanding what's happening. And I feel, <laughs> I feel like there's been a few things that I've either seen online or at but both of the, at both the launch party and then the um, South Bank talk, some questions, it's like, oh, your comprehension is just low. That's how I was feeling in it. I'll speak for myself. I went on, I went in your shoes. But I just thought, are oh, people are just, you're unintelligent, in it? You're actually unintelligent. And I feel that something that has been interesting for me to observe is like, because I don't mind, you know, I'm a bit shameless. Like, you can't, yeah, I'm really, I'm a bit shameless in it. So I don't mind being that friend that will, like, defend you when people are being dumb or... Yeah, or or show, like I feel like you've got you carry yourself generally with more grace um, than I do. So I think watching and just seeing, oh, when people are just like, oh, this is someone being dumb, or this is someone going out of their way to, like, you're intentionally trying to be a cow. Like, is the only way that is the kind of nicest way I can put it. And that. So that's been interesting watching my reaction as someone that didn't write this book or doesn't have any stake in the actual projects like that beyond being your friend. Um, and that, so I can only imagine what that may have felt like for you um, who actually wrote the book, who actually invested and put sweat, blood and tears and years and thought and all sorts have gone into this project. And then to see people hold that so carelessly and flippantly mm-hmm. and I think there's what so there's on the one hand there is there is I think there is something to be said and we've spoken about this I think I'm not as sentimental about art as you may be so I think from my stance all art is open for critique it should be I think that's a positive that's that's what it should be there to do to look at and engage with and, and pull apart and think about what you really like and what you don't like and yada 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 that's kind of my stance and I do think I have but I haven't really come across many of those people in relation to this project I've not really come across many people that I think have engaged with it and then not fucked with it um from a place of like oh I've engaged with this and these are my reasons for not really enjoying it um Mm. the people that I've come across that I've had negative things to say and again this is just in my spheres I very much exist in the echo chamber um so I'm not saying that they they don't exist but the people that I have come across that have had negative things to say are dumb like they're dumb they lack comprehension um that's yeah there's that oh you, you clearly lack comprehension you haven't deeped what's happening you haven't read it you haven't you can't read that you're not (laughs) <laughs> or, or you're asking questions because you're not you just want to talk you're in a space you literally just want your voice to be heard because your question isn't isn't the math isn't math and you're not making sense but you had to speak 
and that's kind of that's been my engagement with kind of more negative or more critical um viewpoints that I've I've heard yeah I really like what you said there about like because there's a sentimentality that we all have in varying degrees. And when I say we, I mean like the people that are around me. Um, But I like what you said about the carelessness that people have like held this with. So like some people, um, very, very few people, literally a handful of people. But yeah, some of the, I'm not even necessarily privy to be honest, two things. I made the executive decision literally on the day of publication. I am not implementing Beyonce's no scroll rule like <laughs> I'm not scrolling through social media to see what is happening or what's going on um but yeah that holding it carelessly and may and I guess maybe not also doing doing your due diligence so there was like just that yeah falsehoods being perpetuated in the online space in the really like the tiny bit that I'm that I saw um in the very small period of time that I was even had myself in the online space um having a little scroll but it's yeah it is just a carelessness um and I'm also like I'm not gonna shy away I don't like the narrative of like oh yeah this person has said this because they're jealous or they're unhappy with themselves or whatever I don't know people personally I don't like I don't know with it and we don't know what people are going through we don't know but I do definitely think that there is a, and I see this with other things that people produce and give to the world. And I just think that there is definitely like just a toxicity that exists um, and maybe like a politics of envy that exists um, among people. And I really, really, I feel like I said this um, in my Guardian interview, but I really feel like the internet is as much as it gives good things it's it's equally a cesspit for people to like be unhinged sort of yeah like lean into um this whole free speech like I'm allowed to say what I want kind of thing um without nuance without consideration without thinking in a way that we don't navigate normally it's a bullish space as well. Like I feel like people show up as bullies a lot in the online space. And I don't even feel like I've been victim to all of the things that I'm saying here, but I just think I'm just really conscious of that. I just think I'm really conscious of it. And I think that that adds a whole new layer of like, oh, this thing has existed. It's, It's built its own legs in this same online space. And this is, where I've seen the online space get to so before when I was the whole reason why I could upload chapter by chapter of this story is because the online space wasn't like that the online space when you were giving your art whatever that looked like back in the day to the internet it was for you now it is a space where there is fear of judgment and you do a lot of things for optics um, and you are also sort of at the mercy of bullies and you're at the mercy of like yeah people not holding like you your effort what you're giving your personhood anything with any sort of sensitivity or compassion or care really are kind of thrown to the wolves and the wolves decide if they're going to attack or not um 
And I just think, yeah, that added another layer to maybe my apprehension because Keisha, the skit, has been held up um, as it is, as it was. I have, I have been unknown. Like, I've been completely unknown. I've been separate in many ways to this thing. Now, embracing my ownership, embracing my authorship, showing parts of my own personality, parts of my personhood, parts of my story to the internet, that's a new dynamic. And it was kind of like it, that new dynamic now making it a tangible product, making it something that is at the mercy of like stats, numbers, buying, consume, like just consumerism. All of that is at the mercy of the the cesspit that the internet is, you know, um, and that definitely invokes a lot of apprehension in me. But um, yeah, it's just it's been it's been interesting, very very interesting. I really hear everything you're saying about the internet and yada yada. But I think gratitude. The the other flip side of it is it's the internet that just garnered the recognition and the platform for this project. Like I think, and you spoke, you have spoken about it elsewhere, but kind of like the importance of murky as an imprint and its ability to kind of carry the the authenticity of this project um into kind of like into a end product in it this the book that we see today um but but that started on the internet that started on the internet that started with the the buzz around like you should get who wrote you get like with the what's what was the real ending of Keisha Skit, yada, yada, yada. Um, and those are things that I've engaged with, again, on the online space that I've, I've engaged with quite fondly. Um, it's a fun thing, like, every so often over the years when it's come up, who wrote Keisha Skit? Like, it's something to, um, it feel, it's that, like, it's a part of the culture that feels, it feels positive. It feels something that we celebrate, I feel like. And I feel like um, it's a shared, there's a shared understanding of that um, for Black Brits of a certain age group, there's a shared understanding of the significance of this project, and that, yeah, that that is it's the internet. This is that's where that's where we share that, or that's where we express that. Definitely, and I definitely, but I definitely felt that apprehension that like we're we're changing this a little bit now because we're making it a tangible product. product. And there's like a, there's an element of jade. There's there's an element of jade that's coming into the mix too now. And I definitely felt apprehensive about like, how is that going to be received? And admit like, it's been great. It's actually been great. Um, and I've, the little snapshots that I've seen, I'm so, so, so grateful for people who have used their platforms, their very big platforms to not only champion the work, but even, have things to say about me and like have obviously done their due diligence they've done little bits and bobs such as read the interviews or whatever they've done in it and had positive things to say or sensitive like sensitive things to say um about me mm. what has been your highlight um oh <laughs> uh, I've had a couple of highlights so yeah and no, I've had a couple of highlights still so I think one being um maybe um get into the launch party and seeing seeing the room like seeing the space um and just feeling like yeah man it, I can't even I can't explain it or describe it but I just walked into this room 
and I had just seen like the collective like it was just a manifestation another manifestation of how I've just been held up by people like people have like yeah like you lot did this for me like you lot made sure that this was happening for me and something that I wrote ultimately when I was a teenager like you got this space you you bought this cake you created these drinks on the menu like all all of those things man I just felt I felt really loved I felt really 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 loved um and I don't know that I can remember a time that I felt disloved um and it's in the it's just in the thought man it's just in the thought and the effort that I feel like people have really put in and that's been really 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 touching um I another highlight I think was maybe at the end of after the Southbank Centre I wanted to do something like I, I I wanted to do something but I was super tired um and then what I just ended up doing was coming back home with some friends and we just chilled we ended up chilling till like seven eight in the morning but that was lovely and that was yeah it was lovely it felt like a highlight because I just felt like I was around people that um that loved me um, and had held me in in different ways very very different ways but yeah yeah and were holding me again in very different ways but yeah I think that those those were probably the highlights for me of the of those like couple of weeks of the press run and what and what have you yeah man yeah I felt very very loved and held you know can't even lie yeah I am I have felt really warmed by seeing you feel that and, and and receive your flowers. It's proper. I felt I felt deeply touched, like in ways that I probably haven't even expressed to you, um, because I felt deeply touched and just very proud of you, man. Like, and I don't even like you know already what how I feel about that whole. Uh, um, narrative because it's not mm. even about me but I have I felt like really really grateful that people are seeing you in in your truth and that you are standing in your power and people get to kind of see an element of or a snippet of kind of who you are um, through this project and through kind of what you've put out um, and the press run and the different interviews and yada 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 yeah and I enjoyed dancing as well at the launch party <laughs> oh, I didn't even get to dance that much but yeah we didn't dance as much as we because we, we were preparing to dance from before <laughs> we were but we didn't really get to dance as much as um we thought we would have but the little dance that we danced was good it was fun yeah yeah, didn't dance as much as we had anticipated, um, and as much as we do usually, you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, also Stormzy's a bit of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
leave yeah. that man alone. This is a bit of me. Nah, I will talk about that off air, but yeah, bit of me. Um, bit of me. Oh, do you know what else has been nice? I also feel that we've seen everyone, isn't it? Like everyone. So if people weren't at the launch and they're at South Park, I feel that like it's also been a bit of a link up. There's also yeah. been a bit of a that are uh, like, yeah, like something to celebrate. So there's been a bit of a link up, which has been nice. And yeah, but link like also people's engagement with the work. And there, man, it's been nice, you know. It's actually been nice for me. It's actually been very, 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 very nice to watch and to um to kind of see. Yeah, just see, seeing you get your flowers, it's been beautiful, man. I feel like that's it, really, to be honest. Um, What's yeah. next for Keisha the Skirt? For Keisha the Skirt, um, I, I, I don't know. I think everything is, like, tentative because similar to what you were saying like about truth um I'm trying to hold like I'm just trying to continue to be truthful to myself basically and to not step out of alignment so a great example of that would be um choosing to go with murky books which I felt in my I felt deeply like this was alignment so as much as I had met with Murky Books in 2019 and blah, 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 there was still a chance that, it, that this wouldn't have gone with Murky Books. But I felt like that was a decision and I stuck, like, I, yeah, um, stuck to wanting it to go to Murky Books despite some of the difficulties that arose in early 2020 with, with wanting to make that decision. Um and so anything else you should just get related, I feel like it is it's very much down to just, yeah, like remaining aligned, basically. So I say that to say, I don't even necessarily know. Um, there is the paperback that's coming out next year in June, I believe. So there's that, which is a sure thing. Um, I think some of my hopes are that Keisha the Skit will um, be incorporated into like schools and the curriculum in some way in education generally in some way actually so that that is a hope that I have for for Keisha the Skit yeah I would really really like to get um, some of the recognition i.e like a bestseller or a um, something something like that you know um, that would be great. That would be really nice. So yeah, I hope that those things are to come for Keisha the Skirt. But yeah, well, thank you. Um, on behalf of us, we are very, very grateful that you stepped into your power. We are very, very grateful that you've made some of the decisions that you've made in order for this to be accessible. And I, on a personal level, am really grateful for your framing of like that in your essay and like your framing of the importance of the topics so as a as a black working class woman um engaging with that as a woman um yeah I haven't been able to read the story because my little girl is still triggered but Mm. as a woman um engaging with 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 your words and with your thinking around these topics is really warming and affirming so yeah give thanks I'm grateful thank you Maji. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's been hard, but it's been a pleasure. It's 
been a pleasure, ma'am. And thank you guys so much for buying um, and for listening as well, ma'am. Thank you keep, for listening. Keep buying. I wouldn't go to Jamaica next year. Jay's gonna pay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye. I can't come here and die. I can't come here and live. Got all this shit on my mind. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Work ain't paid me in time. My brain just ripping my mood. I too just cut off my life.